Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. And welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Thanks for tuning in again, and really thank you. Uh, My executive producer let me know that the numbers are way up, so thanks a lot. That means my social media is actually working. Um, I have a guest today who's probably the most accredited uh, guest I've ever had. <laughs> I feel like a complete loser. Um, she's, uh, she's a uh, communications counselor, and she works with clients marketing uh, in their marketing strategies, um, diffusing issues and crises and protecting the reputation of major organizations. She's got a background in journalism. She's CEO of Public Communications Incorporated. She serves on the board. Well, she's the incoming uh, chair for World, WorldCom PR group healthcare practice, and she um, has honed her issues in management skills through the MIT Harvard Public Disputes Program, and she's worked with, um, she, has, she has earned the accredited public relations designation of the PR Society of America. She's a member of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, the American Association of, of Medical Society Executives, and the Society of Professional Journalism, and she's uh, earned four Silver Anvil Awards on behalf of clients in marketing from the PR Society of America, and the Edwin J. Shaughnessy Quality of Life Award, Gold and Silver Trumpets, and the Merit Awards from the Publicity Club of Chicago, and it just goes on and on. And her name, <laughs> after all that, is Dorothy Oliver Piravano. Welcome to the show, Dorothy. Thank you very much. That must have been written by a good PR person. Don't yeah, you, you know, I uh, got <laughs> it. I say, I want to say I wrote it, but I actually plagiarized it right from your bio. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's all right up there, just right to the point. I love it. So, um, well, you know, it's I, when I have when I have someone l- like you on the show, and I don't think I've any, ever had anyone so accredited. I feel like, oh my God, did I? Uh, where did I go wrong? I don't have I don't have any initials to put after my name, but. Um, anyway, so so tell us about. I want to first talk about this um, incoming Worldcom uh, venture you're about to embark on. Tell us about Worldcom PR Group and and what it is. Absolutely, um, Worldcom is the oldest and largest of the independently owned public relations counseling firm networks. Uh, we have I have 112 partner firms that that I relate to, and I'm going to be coming in um, next fall as the chair of the Americas Region Group. WorldCom is set up. We have the Americas Region. We've got uh, the EMEA Region, the Europe and Middle East, and we've got an Asia-Pacific Region. But altogether, our partners are in 93 cities on five continents. Mm. We were a founding member of the group. And it just gives us a world a world view that is extremely valuable for our clients. So, 
you know, we sort of the title of today's uh, show is basically the social media marketing of healthcare. And when you think of social media, you don't think of healthcare because it's such a private industry. I mean, it's all about privacy. So, so how are these worlds merging? It, it's a private industry when you're inside the hospital and you're the patient and your record is being protected by wonderful things like the HIPAA laws, but it's very, very public when it comes to educating the public, educating professionals um, about health care and all aspects of it. Our firm is a good example of a WorldCom firm. Two-thirds of our business is in healthcare, and it's everything from medical device manufacturers to cancer treatment centers to we have 20-some medical associations among our clients, uh, and we have patient advocacy groups. It's so diverse, and our role is to make sure that each of these organizations clearly communicates what's important to them. So let me give you an example. Um, We're preparing right now for a national screening program for asthma for one of our clients, the American College of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology. Every May, they do a screening program with their members, and hundreds of members take part in offering free screenings to people who think they might have asthma. They give them literature, there's a website, there's an opportunity to really find out if you can be treated with over-the-counter medications or if you need serious testing. And in one day, they reach literally tens of thousands of people personally one-on-one, and then they reach another hundreds of thousands of people online and hundreds of millions of people via media relations. It's just an enormous opportunity to do good, and I think that's what I like best about healthcare PR. Right. Um, and now, because you're, you said you were on in 93 cities and five continents, um, how is your role with the WorldCom PR group? I mean, how how is social media in different countries? I mean, I I'm so you know I, I have had I have worked with international clients in the past, but. I'm so focused on the U.S. market, and I, I also deal a lot in healthcare. But um, how is it? How is it different? How are you know other countries dealing in social media? It's so different that I don't even know how it's all different worldwide. <laughs> uh, at our last, um, we call it an AGM, our our group meeting of when all of our partners convened. We had presentations from Indonesia, and we talked to people who were from. Uh, Asia, the way that they deal with social media, the networks that they rely on, and just how you penetrate those networks and what's appropriate and inappropriate really made me realize how important it is not to try and take what we do here and just overlay it elsewhere. It really is important to get people who know what they're doing, as we do here, when we're working in other countries, and, and and I think we have we have a wonderful partner, Cindy Payne in Singapore, who dazzled us by the extent and depth of her knowledge. And I wouldn't even pretend to try and do what a Cindy does in Singapore to the advantage of my clients. And I think that's a the benefit of of world. So, so can you give us an example of, of of a company you might that either you're working with or you could be working with that has international focus in healthcare 
and how the social media would play out here as opposed to Singapore. We have a client right now that creates proton therapy centers. This is an alternative to radiation therapy. And these are very specialized and important centers. We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter account for them. Um, We react and engage patients and all the rest here. When it comes to how this is handled in Europe, we don't run any centers in Europe, but there are centers in Europe. It's an entirely different thought process, the way that they relate to um, a pharmaceutical company, for example, totally different than what we can do here. They're, how they address patients on social media sites, totally different than what we do here. We, we um, Americans, are just kind of our own little group of people with thinking, and we're just different from how people think and react in a Germany or an Austria or or the Middle East or, or Asia. Certainly Asia is so different. I know I'm not being terribly specific, but part of that is because I don't live there <laughs> and I'm not immersed in their social media and would much rather pick up the phone and get one of our partners who, who are on board there and say, here, now, now give us the outline. How do you do it there? Uh, so it's really, really crucial to have, as you're saying, to, to make sure you're not offending, you're not, you're not creating a crisis or whatever. Make sure you have a point person in each country who really understands the culture and the social media and how it works. Absolutely. Um, and, and let me, I'll give you a really recent example. I was on vacation in Tanzania uh, last week and the week before, and the one thing that struck me I don't think I ever saw a pair of knees on a person, man or woman. Nobody was wearing shorts unless you were from the U.S. on a tour group (laughs) looking like you just stepped out of, you know, the the Walmart store with your $10 special. It It was so striking to me how inappropriate just that one little thing was for that country. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of an example of how easy it is to do what we do every day here and just anticipate or expect that it's, it, that's the way it's going to be done someplace else. Right. So if you were, if you were dealing with a, a knee issue, you might have to deal with it differently. If you were dealing with um, a woman's health issue and you were dealing with a very uh, rigid um, uh, uh, Middle Eastern country that has, right. you, know, you have to really, really know what you're doing. Absolutely, and I think that's go to the experts. That's what we preach in PR anyway, and we say, hey, come to us because we're expert communicators. So go to the people who, who get it, get that culture. Wow. And are your, any of your, um, at PCI, are any of your clients, are they, um, are they having, they have international uh, you know, outfits or they're, out, they're working internationally or is it all just local? Oh, no. In fact, over the years, we've been in business for 40, well, 49 years this year, um, and we've worked with many, many international clients, everything from a Bristol-Myers and a GlaxoSmithKline to uh, Zimmer Orthopedics, many device manufacturers. Uh, so the answer is definitely yes, but I think what we very often have done, appropriately so, is if we've got a client and they've got an opening or a piece of business in another country, we engage our our WorldCom partners 
and turn that business over to them or share it, as whatever is most appropriate mm-hmm. for a client. One of the real benefits of a network like ours is you don't have to pay ongoing overhead. We're all independent. We don't mark each other up. We have a very heavily client-focused mm-hmm. attitude about, about business. So if I do what's right for my clients, I know that they'll appreciate that and they'll, they'll tend to stick with us, which thankfully they do. Bless their little hearts. Great. Well, I'm, we're going to have to take a little break, but when we come back, I want to find out how, actually how that works with your partners. You know, are there standard rates that you apply? And also, does traditional media still have a role with all the social media that's coming over? So we're going to take a break, okay. and we'll be right back with our wonderful guest, Dorothy Oliver Piravano. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. What is whole person healing via body, via mind, and via spirit? It's a dedication to the widest selection of healing practices worldwide whenever possible. Hosted by Professor Rustin Roy, a noted material scientist and the founder of Friends of Health, who will be here each weekend with the most in-depth information about whole person healing from the world's leading practitioners, spokespersons, and major supporters for this viewpoint. Tune in every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. And thanks again for tuning in. Um, I have this uh, wonderful guest, Dorothy Oliver Piravano. She's the incoming chair for WorldCom PR uh, Group, the healthcare practice group, and she is CEO of Public Communications Incorporated. Welcome back again, Dorothy. Thank you. Now, you got, just before we get into some more questions on, on, on the topic that we were talking about, but you got your start in journalism. Is that, is that right? Did I, I did. And what was that, and how did you fuse into PR? Because I get a, a lot of people did start in journalism. Well, this is a long time ago. I've been <laughs> at PCI for 30 years, so this goes back to the old days when uh, I literally walked in off the street with my hair in rollers. Do people do that anymore? And my child on my hip and said, gee, do you need writers? I'm a writer. And the city editor at the Displains Day said yes and hired me. Wow. Uh, pretty sight unseen. But I spent a decade in the newsroom during the wonderful Watergate, Nixon's, Agnew years, and it was probably the most fun that I can ever imagine having. Um, very, in, very intense, but the best thing about it was being the very first people on earth to know what the news was and then relay that. Mm. Um, so moving into to PR was really switching other sides of the desk. It took me a little while to get used to the idea, but it also gave me a whole different point of view on, on journalism, which I'm, I've heard this repeatedly from PR people. Sometimes I really wish that every journalist about two, three years into their career was forced to leave the, the newsroom, go out into the real world, work any kind of job for a couple of years, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it would be a, a different take on what goes on in this real world. Right. Do you, do you find that publicists are disrespected sometimes? or I disrespected them right along yes, with, uh, with my colleagues. But I always thought that them? it was fair that the way I did it, because if somebody sent me stupid, inappropriate mm-hmm. press releases that weren't really intended for me, or they were horrible, terrible, awful, I would throw them in the garbage and write the name of that firm or company down on my list. And then when I'd get more, I'd just throw them in the garbage. I don't think that's too different today, except today you just hit a delete key, and it's a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember the day of using the fax machine to you know, send out press releases one by one. Oh, Lord, yeah. Absolutely. But you know what's yeah. interesting about that is you actually put more thought into it, you know, because it's going it's Sometimes. Going, yeah. So let's talk about the role of traditional uh, PR, you know, is it important still? Do we need to? Do we still need to come up with press releases, and do we still need to reach out to, uh, you know, editors and producers? And is that still important? I think it's hugely important, but I don't think the rules have changed in what from the time that I was a journalist through my career here. It always pays off if you know who you're talking to, you know what they've done recently, you're able to refer to that. Um, you, you build relationships, and you tailor your pitch. The only time that, hopefully, <laughs> we go out with mass email distributions and, and that type of, 
of information is when we're doing an event for the Museum of Science and Industry, and you know every news outlet in town just really wants to know about the event in the museum. But when it comes to getting those solid, long, juicy pieces for your clients, you've got to go out tailored, and then people will really pay attention to you, and they appreciate it so much. It's it's all about relationships, right? I, th- I think always too when I when I've ever you know I said I saw, I read your article last week on blank blank yeah. blank. That's, Absolutely. You get, you, you get your email opened and <laughs> maybe get paid attention to. It's definitely true. And anybody who's been a journalist gets that because after 10 years in the newsroom, um, and I did, I had wonderful opportunities to do these great big features, and I created a magazine for the paper and, and lots, of, lots of things, won lots of awards. I had a stack about an inch high of letters that I received from people. And I still have those to this day. Um, but if you think about 10 years and that's about it, positive or negative, it says to you and me and all of our colleagues, write those letters. Get your pen out, for God's sakes, and, Thank and put people. words down. Right. That's a great, that's a great piece of advice. And then that's, you can't get any more traditional than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before the break, we were talking about, you know, share, you sometimes have to share clients or just pass a client on to an international company that, that has, specializes in an area that you don't. How do you establish with this WorldCom standard rates? You're talking different countries, different currencies, um, different rates of, uh, you know, expenses of living. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? And that, I think the important thing is that you don't have standard rates because it's going to be totally different depending on the country, its economy, uh, what their market can bear. So the way we tend to work it is I've got a wonderful client. They're going to be introducing their product in Germany. Um, I go to my German partners and say, first of all, who's the right one to do this because we have several in Germany? find out the right partner to be working with, and ask them for a proposal. It's, it's no different than a client asking me for a proposal. Mm-hmm. I give them a sense of what my client is thinking in terms of budget, and sometimes it works backwards. Here's the budget. What can you do for it? Mm-hmm. And that proposal is going to come in at a different price point if we're talking about Germany versus Czechoslovakia right. versus Turkey, uh, and we have partners in all of those places. Every time it's going to be different. You just can't rubber stamp or, or cookie cut anything. Wow. And and um, are you finding that they're able to make it work? Are the clients are they getting you know clients getting the price that they can afford for the you know getting the job done for the price they can afford? Yeah, because you can again you can work it backwards or forwards. You've got fifty thousand dollars U.S. to spend on a project, and it's you know. 20, what it would it be, 40,000 euros to spend on it in Europe. And they need to be realistic. But it, the, the one thing I love about my partners, and uh, this is the honest truth, is they will go out of their way to accommodate one of my clients. They will, they will stretch a budget. They will go the extra mile, just as we will for their, their clients, because we're PR people. And one of the things we want to do is have people say, boy, I want a WorldCom firm because they really put clients first. That's our ultimate goal, and to build the reputation of WorldCom as doing backflips 
for each other's clients. Now, do you share in the in the in the revenue of that, or you give it all to the client if it's if it's if they need something in Germany, the client needs something in Germany, they got a fifty thousand dollar budget. Do you give that all to them, or do you ha- take a little percentage? Yeah, no. There's no markups. There's no kickbacks. There's none of that. The only time that we would be billing is if we were active on the account. So sometimes we have had clients. We, we were in a situation once when I think we were working with seven different WorldCom clients. Mm-hmm. Our client said, we don't want to mess with this. You run the show. We're happy to pay you for that. You coordinate them so we have one point of contact. Perfect. So that's an easy one. Um, when we just send the business off to a Germany, and we've done that to Germany, Japan, many other mm-hmm. com- countries, we still want to keep tabs on it because this is my client and I care about what happens to their business. So I take responsibility for keeping tabs of how the work is going, what the success is, mm-hmm. um, and I don't charge my client for that. Again, I think that's just good client service. It's good right. business. Right, right, right. Interesting. And and how do – now, we always get into the talk, uh, you know, into the talk, into the conversation about – um, return on investment, <clears throat> um, but for healthcare-specific social media campaigns that we were talking about earlier, how do you measure? How do how do you measure these return on investment? It's trickier if it's a mix of social media, traditional media, because the goal very often is the same: you get people to the website, or you get mm-hmm. people to sign up, you get people to donate, mm-hmm. and unless you have uh, a real sophisticated tracking mechanism. It's hard sometimes to separate out the two. And today when we say we're going to do a media campaign, we just include social media in there automatically. You you shouldn't be, or if you possibly can avoid it, you don't want to opt out of one or the other. But we do have clients that all we do for them is social media, and then we do traditional measurement. How How many dollars did it bring in? How many new members? signed up, um, how many people went out to the blood center and donated blood for that particular drive. We try and set up a, a, a dueling program. So maybe in one market, we measure what the social media interaction is, and we do just that. In another market, we stick with traditional media and measure that and kind of see which is which. But one of the things I think we have to keep in mind, much as I love social media, um, I saw some statistics that 92% of the media grazing is still coming from old media, whether it's they pick up the paper themselves or turn on the TV or they go to their website. So 92% is still coming from those traditional sources. And the Pew Research Center, their project for excellence in journalism, mm-hmm. is tracking this year to year to year to year, and they're still seeing that for the most part, we trust the oldies, the, the reliable sources of information. And are we talking, when you say the traditional media, are we talking the newspapers that are in print, actual paper, yeah. or new media? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a, I will go to, say, the New York Times site or the Chicago right. Tribune site, but I also subscribe to those papers. Right. Um, so I'm not going to take my lead from a blogger who's, you know, aggregating news of the day, I'm still going to go to media sources that I really trust. When we had the blizzard recently in Chicago, I can tell you that a heck of a lot of people were on 
online to track what was going on, but they were on WGN, you know, radio's <laughs> website to see what was going on, or WCBM right. News Radio's website, or your website. Right, they, and, and that you know. traditional media is so powerful and, and can fuel all the social media stuff. And I think with all the social media we have, it's a big cloud of uncertainty. So I think these sites that are really solid, these foundations that are solid are really, really more important than ever. Anyway, I'm getting the music from Justin. When we come back, we'll have more with Dorothy Piravano uh, from Worldcom PR and Public Communications Inc. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back again. I am on with Dorothy Oliver Piravano. Uh, she is CEO of Public Communications Incorporated. The website is PCIPR.com, and she's also the incoming chair for WorldCom PR Group. And uh, welcome back again, Dorothy. Thank you. And I want to remind the listeners, too, that you know uh, we are on iTunes, so you can download if you miss a uh, show uh, and download it to your iPod. And while you're on the Stairmaster, you can listen in and learn something. And uh, our shows run uh, live and then 12 hours later, and we are always on demand 24-7. Anyway, welcome back. So we were talking about before um, the fear of social media. And I, I was uh, talking with a guest a couple weeks ago about you know, overwhelming clients. They get just too overwhelmed with all this stuff. Even though you're telling them you're going to handle it, don't worry. They get So t- let's talk especially about the fear of social media in the healthcare industry. I think it's it's very real, very real, and it's and it's well founded um, because it is a it is a world that is not within your control, and people in healthcare um, are control freaks as they as they need to be. But I think to me the greater fear is to not know what people are saying about you, or even if you do know, not engaging in the in the conversation. And that today is really what social media is all about, is people are talking about you and they have full liberty to say whatever they choose to say. If you're not aware, involved, and engaged, um, you can go down the tubes very, very quickly. I think the other thing that I find interesting about this new, newer world is that you really have a lot more control, a lot many more options than people tend to think. And there was a, there's a great story that I found in uh, the America's Blood Centers newsletter. We work with blood centers a lot. And if you'll give me a minute, I'm going to relate this because it's so social media. Uh, they had a woman at a blood center, and she released a tweet thinking she was on her personal account and wound up sending it to 270,000 followers at the Red Cross. Okay, she was, on, she was on their server at the time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was about how her husband found more dogfish heads Midas touch beer and how they drink it and guzzle it, et cetera, et cetera. And so this goes out to 270,000 people at the Red Cross. Instead of the Red Cross... Uh, you know, getting cross-ired, firing this person, they tweeted back, we've deleted the rogue tweet, but rest assured, the Red Cross is sober and we've confiscated the keys. So they just, they kind of took a lighthearted, we're going to be done with this, not a problem attitude. But the best part is Dogfish became aware of this because they monitor their tweets. I don't even know what Dogfish is. Is that a brand of beer? It's a brand of beer, Dogfish Heads Beer. And they offered on their social media site a free beer to anyone who donated blood. <laughs> and they launched a beer for blood campaign. And it was and it was wonderful. And and I thought that, you know, all right, here's a here's everybody's worst nightmare. Oh my god, look what I did, I'm gonna get fired and instead they found out a way to make lemonade out of this little lemon and and or beer, <laughs> and it really worked on everybody's behalf. And now I'm telling you, and what your listeners are hearing about it, it's it's 
it also says something about social media. Right, and I think the lesson is to find the humor in something even that you think maybe could be dour, um, and try to try to show that you're in on the conversation, and that always wins um, people's affection. Right? If you, if you're out of it, then you become the big bad guy conglomerate. But if yeah, you're in on the conversation and you have a sense of humor about it, you can not that something that lucky is going to happen to you because that was a, a fluke, you know, that 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 uh, the beer company offered the free beer. Right. But it's, um, but it's a good PR op for both sides, and, and it worked out in that case. But even if they hadn't done that, at least they nipped the bad message in the bud. And right. They kept, right. And they showed that they're on top of things. Right. And wow. they didn't overreact, and that's so important to right. put these things in perspective. Take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> I know because I blog, and um, I blog for AOL, and sometimes a blog will go out on, on someone or something, and and they think it's, you know, even though I change the names and everything, they think it's this horrible thing. But then uh, oftentimes something really great has come out of it because they got attention yeah. within their area. Um, how, so, so the key influencers in healthcare media and especially social, social media, how do you engage them? How do you identify them? Who, who are they? I think that, it again, there's many different levels. We all, or the way we work here is we get priority lists we know the reporters who care most about a particular issue, um, and we focus on those people because they're our conduit to the greatest number of other people who care. Bloggers, uh, I think it's, it's, it's really important since social media is so huge to narrowcast it. And we did a roundtable with some of our partners in the Americas region um, last fall just to to see, is it all the same? Are we all experiencing this the same? And the big message was don't try and reach everybody with everything because most of them nobody cares about. You know, their mother reads it and uh, three neighbors and that's it. There's such a small number, less than 1%, that really have any kind of following. Find out who those people are and concentrate on them. Don't ignore the rest Mm -hmm. because tomorrow somebody else can emerge and become very important, but but put your, since you've got just a few eggs, put them in the baskets that are really going to count. Right. And it's not always, a, a, you know, that's a really good point, it's not always a numbers game either because it can be, um, someone ha- can have 3 million followers or 2 million followers, but, uh, you know, people who read their blog, but there can also be someone, if you're doing something really specific, like a, a rare disease that I once worked with, there's bloggers that only have 25 followers, but the 25 followers they have are... Uh, you know, professors and, and researchers in that arena that, you know, so that can that can matter too. So really know your, as you said earlier, know your who you're bitching to. Just the same old yeah. same old rules that it always is. Well, so, we have a we have a cancer treatment center um, that we work with. They have centers in various parts of the country. And we've spent a lot of time and energy going out to the advocacy groups, letting them know that this exists letting them know we've got a Facebook page, uh, friending their pages and, and pulling that network in as tight as we can so the people who really can benefit from information that we have are exposed to it. And it's a, it's a painful process, but it's an essential process, and, boy, the payoff is just tremendous. Why do you say it's a painful process? What do you mean by that? Well, I think it's people, there's so much information out there and we're getting bombarded with so many emails and, and 
I think today almost one of the best ways to go to people is by snail mail because we get so little snail mail, everybody gets excited to open something that looks important. But we're so bombarded with information and people trying to get our attention, that's when it's hard to break through, and especially with advocacy groups, lung cancer advocacy groups. There's lots and lots and lots of them out there, and sometimes they're, they're, they have no staff. They're so small. They're an answering machine, or they're a phone without an answering machine. So it's hard to penetrate and get through to the people you really want to talk to very often, but it's worth it when you finally do and you're able to connect personally and show that you care about what they care about. Wow. Um, what about budgeting for social media? Because in the past, budgets were always just on traditional media. Then social media hit the scene. And How do you find, is it equal? Is, is it, are they putting more towards traditional, or is it all kind of one? How does it work? I think we're finding with our clients that they still put more towards traditional unless they are the kind of client that is going to benefit hugely from social media. And I'll give you an example. We work with Legoland Discovery Centers. We have a very diverse practice here. Yeah. And for them, social media is the be-all, end-all. They get much better results and traffic into their center through social media avenues than from traditional media. And so that's where they put their eggs. It's working for them. And I think 90%, maybe even more, of our budget is just for social media. I, I just think it's not all things to all people. And being strategic about the program is what it, where it all begins. I just can't see going to every client saying, you need a Facebook account, you need a Twitter account, you need to be on YouTube, you know, we need to create video just so you have a presence. It it just doesn't work that way. Depends on the on the company, but I'd Highly, love, yeah. I'd love to see a YouTube discovery, Legoland <laughs> <laughs> video. I think that would be cute. Now, do you they have? Cool are things. you are these people that manage the social media for a big client like that? Are they in house with you, or you manage their their people and oversee what their people are doing? It it works both ways. We are the PR department for many of our clients. Um, And we have many clients with huge PR departments, and we are an arm or a leg or a limb of their department. So it it just works in all different directions. So some of it you you fully manage, some of it you work with their people, and you're just very, very flexible. Exactly. I mean, we are literally the PR department for, I don't know, probably 15% of our clients. Wow. And are your European partners, are they... um, is social media as big there as it is here? I know it's different, but is it as big? I get the sense that it definitely is, and our, it, but it depends on the kind of practice. If you're in a consumer products agency, social media is as big there as it is here. If you're, you know, if you're in a tech agency, mm-hmm. social media is big there as it is here. I get a sense, though, from talking with our partners that with healthcare, it's it's more reserved there in in Europe, certainly in Asia, absolutely in Indonesia and the Middle East. It's more reserved there than it is here. All right. Well, we're going to take a, another break. I want to remind our listeners that the call-in number is 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. So call in your questions. And we'll be back with Dorothy Oliver Caravano. Thank you. 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between... Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and I'm talking with Dorothy Piravano of PCIPR.com. PCIPR.com. That stands for Public Communications Incorporated. I love that name, by the way, because it's just so basic. It can mean anything. I love that. I love names like that. Well, you remember, and uh, can, can be about anything, because PR is always changing, and I think we all need to stay in, in front of that. So we're going to talk about some case studies, because my, my listeners really love case studies. So Tell us um, some of these successful campaigns you've done with, you know, social media and traditional ma- media layered into each other. Um, you said you mentioned one, uh, Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah, we're hoping to just, like, sweep the awards season with this one this year. And 
we represent a number of, of Chicago's premier uh, zoos, aquariums, museums, and Museum of Science and Industry is among them. And uh, their vice president of communications reached in a drawer when he first started there, found an old proposal for an idea, resurrected it, and just made it sing. Um, they created a campaign museum to live in the museum for a month. And they put out a call on regular media and social media for people who would like to be, spend a month, live literally in the museum. 16,000 entries later, um, I think that's the number, uh, they were weeding through these phenomenal applications by people. People had to apply online with a, a video that they posted on YouTube. Oh. and a written application, and it was it was an amazing process. It's so funny because one of the staffers, when we were just starting, said something like, what if we only get like two or three people? And so everybody was pretty stunned by the, uh, by the outcome. They, they boiled it down to five people, put them back up online, and had people vote for them, and the response was, astronomical. I don't think I have met a person, in certainly in Chicago, but even beyond our borders, who wasn't completely aware of this campaign. It was so successful. Social media drove it. Um, people followed the woman who ultimately won, followed her every day. She blogged and she talked about sleeping in the submarine and, you know, and having all these special experiences. Um, they followed her online but the trick was, the goal was to get people through the door, get new members. And while it worked well this time, now we're working on next year, and that's going to be the priority. And now we've got the awareness established. Mm-hmm. We've got some tremendous success. Now we want to turn tremendous success into, like, unbelievable, can you believe this success. <laughs> so what do you think made this campaign so popular? What drove it to that level? It's kind of the American idol of the museum, <laughs> the museum world right now. And in fact, um, we're beginning to see others emulating this campaign already because mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, what we do for a living, much as I'd like to think it's brain surgery, it's not brain right, surgery. Right. There's no such thing as an original idea. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of this popping up in other markets. I know just from my WorldCom partners that some of them are are lifting it, refashioning it, and uh, emulating it with some of their clients. It's just a wonderful winner because everybody gets engaged. First you try and be that person, then you get to vote for that person, and then you get to follow that person. And did it turn in, has it turned into more people coming through the door of the museum? Yes, but... Next year is going to be the real real test because we want to we're going to set goals for increases in attendance and goals for increases in memberships because bottom line the awareness is wonderful but we want to get people through those turnstiles right. right and I'm sure her blog and her followers have made people interested in what's in that museum so what right. about the national lung cancer you had a you had a case study of them as well. This is a this is just a wonderful small not for profit association. Their their goal in life is to raise money to fund lung cancer research, which by the way is grossly underfunded. 
And to do that, they have these these little events that are being held all over the country. And we're talking in terms of a couple dozen, not not the Coleman Foundation level yet. It will be, but not yet. Um, we do the PR that supports, they call them free-to-breathe walks. And they're held throughout the summer, a few in the spring, a couple in the fall. And we promote those. We promote them with social media, we promote them with traditional media with the intention of driving people to become involved and more important, to donate. This client saw such a direct impact of PR results to people signing up, to people donating. They could they could measure those things down the line that they pretty much doubled our budget. Wow. knowing that the money that they pay out for the awareness and involvement and engagement mm-hmm. comes back to them in far greater amounts just by people wanting to get involved and then getting involved. Right. You know, the cool thing about social media, too, is, you know, when I used to work with uh, different clients, I used to always say, well, you know, I, I have a very good track record, but nothing's ever guaranteed. This is when you had just uh, traditional media. But now you can sort of say, if you do something, it's better than what you did before, you're going to get some kind of result, because it's not just up to one editor or ten editors deciding whether they want to run your article. Now you can be in control and can get some awareness out there for your, yourself or your company through social media you know, avenues, and that's going to be better than nothing. And you couldn't be more right about that. I, I remember five years ago, counseling clients to be very selective about the number of press releases we'd put out or how many times we'd go to media. And now we flipped that over and said, hey, putting it out means you're in the databases. And if we do this release right, and if it's optimized correctly, it's going to be something that comes up quickly in the Google searches, and we're going to put the links in. It's, it's just totally different. You are in greater control You've got to do it right in order for that to happen, but the doing it right is not terribly mysterious. I mean, people in our profession need to know how to do this. Right, and I think the biggest lesson I learned today from you was that the fear of social media is really the fear of not partaking in social media. That's a bigger fear, and I think that's... And before we close out the show, because we only have one minute left, I want just can you tell me what happened with the zoo, that you, you did a crisis management with a gorilla that went crazy at the zoo or something? Actually, a a small child fell into the gorilla enclosure. They called us immediately and said, oh, my God, and we were out there in a flash. They're close. The gorilla, bless her, uh, had been trained to pick up anything that dropped in her enclosure and bring it to the keeper. So she picked up this little boy, brought him over to the keeper's door, and put him down gently and took a step back. That's what she's trained to do. Everything turned out beautifully. The kid was fine. The gorilla was suddenly made into a national heroine. Um, But there was a lot of management of media so that they didn't make it sound like this girl gorilla loved this kid and picked it up, cradled it, you know, and kissed it and gave it over. This gorilla would have done this to a pair of sunglasses. Mm -hmm. So our job job was really to kind of put this in perspective Mm -hmm. of what happens here and uh, and also how closely you need to watch your kids so they don't jump in. <laughs> and on that lesson, that's our big PR lesson. Well, it's 
It's been wonderful having you on the show. I learned a lot today. And um, you can uh, go, if you're listening, you can go to her website, uh, Dorothy Oliver Piravano's website. It's PCIPR.com. I want to thank my listeners and um, my executive producer, John Missel, and Justin Jackman, my engineer, who makes it all possible. Don't forget, relate to your public, whoever uh, they may be. And next week, back by popular demand, Keith Hensel and Peter Lees of Gabardine PR. And that's it. I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.